0: Well, hey, what's up, New Life Church? We're glad you joined us today. It's gonna be an amazing day, but my name's Kevin. If I haven't met you, and I'm gonna be right here in the chat. If you need prayer for anything, let us know, me and my team know, and we will follow up with you and pray with you. And also, if you wanna get connected to one of our campuses right here in Arkansas, I would love to help you with that as well. Well listen, Easter was last Sunday. What an amazing day. I hope that you were with us and joined us. But across the state, all of our campuses, people rededicated their lives to Christ and people came to Christ for the first time. And this is something that we'll never forget for sure. And coming up for all sixth through 12th graders is a conference we call Collide. It is an amazing conference where Sixth through 12th graders come from all over the state to worship God, learn the word, and they have a ton of fun. So make sure to register today, it's open. Text Collide to 88,000 and get your student registered. Listen, we are starting a brand new series today. It's called The Family. And Pastor Darren Delon is gonna be bringing the word. Pastor Rick asked him to come on and speak on this topic about fighting for your family. It's gonna be good, you're gonna wanna lean in. So let's get ready. Well, come on, we're gonna worship right now and I'm gonna pray for you and then let's go after God with all that we have. So Father, I just thank you for everybody that's on today. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us individually. God, be with Pastor Darren as he brings the word and God, as we learn how to fight for our family, we love you in Jesus' name we pray, amen.
1: Welcome to New Life Church Online. My name is Darren DeLong and I'm one of the pastors here at New Life. And today we're kicking off a new series on the family. You know, when you think about it, family, we all have one. For some of you, you have a traditional nuclear family. Others of you, you have split families. We go from newlyweds to empty nests. We got families with young kids, all the way to families with teen, God help us. But also we got some single parent families out there. and even grandparent families as well. You know, for some of you, you know, you may be grateful to be a part of your family, while for others, let's just say there's always a disclaimer. You know, over the next few weeks, we're gonna take a look at our homes. We're gonna look at the foundation of our home. We're gonna look at marriages. We're gonna talk about the joy and the challenges of raising kids and and also grandkids. We're also gonna aim a teaching towards all of our singles as well. We're gonna talk about the blessing of being single. Marriage is not the goal, but being a true follower of Christ and doing His will. It's the premium. And then finally, we're gonna close out this series on arranged marriages. I'm joking. Mother's Day is gonna be all about the heart of the home. You know, church, there's no such thing as a, a perfect family. Harper Lee, she said it this way. She said, you can choose your friends But you can't choose your family. They're still kin to you, no matter if you claim them or not. Let's look at what the word says. In Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3, it says, By wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. That word established, it means to be firmly fixed into place. That's the ideal. That's the ideal home that, that we want in our life. We want with our families. And here's the thing I've learned the hard way. It's not by accident that you build a healthy home. It takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of grit, and it takes a lot of sacrifice. There's ideal, but then there's also reality. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Be sober, mindful, be watchful, Your adversary is the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion. Listen to what it says. Seeking someone to devour. Here's the reality, guys. There is a declaration of war in our home. Satan's number one goal is to divide, to conquer, and destroy the home. What you and I have to decide today, this is what we gotta look at. Will we fight for our family, Jesus gives an invitation to us to be front and center of our home. And all we have to do simply this weekend is say, God, be a part of my family. If you have your Bibles again, I, I want you to turn to Nehemiah chapter 4. And I just want to set this up just a little bit and let you see that the city of God, the city of Jerusalem, was meant to be a place where God's presence and God's glory and his mercy would dwell. Very similar to his original design in our home. But because God's people turned away, because God's people fell away in sin, here's what happened. Jerusalem, it stood bare. It stood lifeless. It was stripped and it was unprotected. It was a powerhouse that was was brought low and, and families were scattered and the city was desecrated. But here's what you're gonna see today. Nehemiah, he found hope. God gave him a burden for his people and for his family. God gave him a purpose and a vision and that was to rebuild this desolate city. Let me remind all of you here today, man. God is in the business of rebuilding. God wants to rebuild a a broken heart, a broken life. God wants to rebuild your marriage. God wants to rebuild your family and your kids and your children and your grandkids. But here's the thing, God's just saying, hey, will you invite me in? Nehemiah chapter four, we start with verse one and it says this, it says, now when Sanballat heard that they were building the wall." Words getting out that there's going to be some change that's taking place here. And he was angry and greatly enraged. And here's what it says. It said he jeered, or in other words, he mocked with intimidation at the Jews. But when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashadites heard that they were repairing the walls of Jerusalem and that that was going forward and also that the breaches were beginning to be closed, they got very angry. And here's what they begin to do. They begin to plot together to come and fight against Jerusalem. And it says that they cause confusion while they were trying to rebuild the wall. Let me just tell you guys something here, and I think we all see this and know this, but the world is jeering at Christ's followers here today. They're mocking us with intimidation, They're trying to attack our families, and here's the tool that the enemy loves to use. He mocks, but he also tries to bring confusion, and we can see that today. The enemy's trying to redefine the basic building blocks of a home. Now, if you're taking notes, I want you just to write this down real quick, just a few thoughts here, but here's what I want you to see. The opinions of our culture should never be treated as a higher authority than the truth of God's word. Let me say that again. The opinions of our culture should never be treated as a higher authority than the truth of of God's word. What does the Bible say about the family? Let's just see, for example, on marriage, Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. It says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. What does the Bible say about gender? In Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says, so God created mankind in his own image. And in the image of God, he created them, note, male and female, he created him. What about husbands? In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23, it says, husbands, love your wives. How? As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to the wives it's ephesians chapter 5 verse 22 it says wives submit to your own husbands how as unto the lord and then children ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 it says children obey your parents in the lord for this is right you know church as i look over this past year There's no doubt there's been some confusion that's even set into our own homes. And I've learned this the hard way. Anytime I make God's word optional, there tends to be breaches in the walls of my home. And because of that, there's a lot that needs to be repaired. You know, let me just tell you a story about my son and I. Six years ago, as he graduated from high school, one of the first goals he had was to, to get a home. And so we went down to the bank, we got some things set up, and, and we bought a, a rental house together. But, but here's the thing I noticed, as we got into that house, it was, it was an older house, it was built in the 60s, and, and I noticed there was cracks all in the wall. And so what did Dee and I do? We decided, hey, we're going to repair these walls. We spackled, we painted over all the cracks. And then within just a few months, the cracks reappeared. They came back. Each time, we began to patch it up again like we did last time. But here's what D and I noticed. Every time we tried to fix the crack, eventually it was coming back. You see, the problem wasn't cracking the wall. The problem was the foundation. Listen, church, if your house has a damaged foundation, it doesn't matter how much spackle you use, the cracks eventually, they're going to reappear. No more patching up our lives with with pseudo-remedies. No more patching up our marriages and our families with some secular ideas. And here's what happens, I know for me too. Sometimes I try to band-aid family issues with worldly things. But church, as we kick this series off, here's what I want you to know. It's time to go to work. It's time to pull out the shovel and it's time to dig deep deep into this weekend of knowing what does God want to do in our families. God wants to bring back our families back to his original design. And here's what his design was going all the way back to Genesis to have a home that reflects his image where his peace is prevalent and truly where his joy remains. There's no condemnation this weekend. I don't want to place shame on you. I don't want any of you to go back and try to relive the past or the pain and the hurt. But what I do want you to do is I want you to see that God offers hope. God can work with us if we're willing to give him our hearts. Here's the thing, if we're willing to fight, we're going to see today God will fight with us. We go back to the scripture in Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 14. And here Nehemiah says, he says, and I looked and I arose and I said to the nobles and the officials and to the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, he is great and awesome. And then listen what he says here. And he says, and fight for your brothers, fight for your sons, fight for your daughters, fight for your wife and your home. When you look at the fall of man, I want y'all to catch this. It didn't start with Eve. No, I think it started with Adam. And I call it the sin of passivity. Adam simply cowered down. He stood there without fighting for his wife. Church, we gotta be willing to go all in for our family. And I just wanna tell you here today, let's don't be passive in our convictions any longer. It's time to go on the offense. It's time for us again to fight you know recently uh this past week i I had the joy in my family with a big announcement and that is that d and katie were about to give us grandbaby number one and i can tell you man we are so excited about this but but just in a few minutes of knowing that one of the things i challenged my son and and he's really good at this but i still challenged him and i said this two things Always stay committed to Jesus. And here's the other thing, D. Always fight for your wife and fight for your family. Your family is worth fighting for. And some of the guys around here, they know that that I love a good fight. However, let me make this clear. When you're talking about fighting, especially in the Word and in the Scripture text, we'll see this fighting looks a little bit different than you think. Nehemiah, back to him in chapter 1, verse 9. He says, here's how you fight, but if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then even you who are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I've chosen for my name to be honored. So church, how do you fight for your family? These are just a few things I just want to encourage you with. Number one, fighting for your family starts with a surrender. You say, wait a minute, fight starts with a, with a surrender? Yes, to turn to the Lord, that's where it begins. Repentance is all about a bout face. It's changing direction and looking to Jesus and not to ourselves. Nehemiah, he, he took this on for God's people. He took this on for his family. In Nehemiah chapter one, verse five, and he said, "O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant in steadfast love, with those who love him. Listen to what he says in verse six. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant. And he says, and now I pray before you day and night for the people of Israel, your servants. And here's what he said, confessing the sins of the people of Israel. And then listen to what he says here, which we have sinned against you. He takes ownership. Even I in my father's house have sinned. Let me just talk to the men here. If we're gonna see revival in our homes, if we're gonna see revival in our families, it starts with us. Listen, men, this is the time to return to the Lord. This is the time to lead and to model repentance in your home. First with God, but then also with your family, I've learned three words and I'm still learning them today. And They're hard to do sometimes, but here's the words. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Marcy, I'm sorry for what I said to you. D, I, I'm sorry for the way I treated you. Kara, I'm sorry for, for not listening to your heart. Three words, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry for my sin. Just those three words can change your environment in your home. Listen, man, the first step is surrender. It's taking ownership, and it's not you being the victim. As Joshua said, as for me, you are the example. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. The second thing as we talk about fighting, I want to encourage you to fight from your knees for your family. History has shown that a a strong wall doesn't save unless the Lord watches over the city. Men, it's time we beg God to, to be a part of our homes. It's time we get on our knees. If you're taking notes, write this down. Every courageous father must be humble enough to regularly kneel for the sake of his family. To regularly kneel for the sake of his family. Listen to me, men. Pray for your home. Pray for your dear wife. Pray for your son and and pray for your daughter. All the women out there, I ask you to do the same. Pray for your husband. He needs prayer every day. But also pray for your grandkids. Some of you that still have parents here, you're blessed, man. Pray for your parents and your grandparents. You know, growing up, one thing that I noticed in my home that was lived out was, was prayer. My mom and dad, they always fought from their knees for me and also my brother and my sisters. I'll never forget, there was times early in the morning at 3 a.m., I would wake up and there my dad would be just hovered over me, kneeling at my bedside, praying of me, over me prior to him going to work. Man, there's times I didn't understand what he was doing There's times it felt a little weird, but I'm gonna tell you right now, because of his prayers, because of my mom's prayers daily, I am where I am today. So fight from your knees. And then lastly, third, I wanna encourage you to to fight by being a doer of God's word. And here's, this is what helps a lot of times, just this simple question. Is my example helping or hurting my family? Are my actions aiding, or are they enabling? James chapter 1, verse 22. He says this, He says, "Be doers of the word, and not hearers only deceiving." Listen what he says, yourself." Now some of you may recall growing up, how many of y'all had a, a family Bible on display in your home? Many of y'all have had that? Yeah, this big old Bible, man. It was, it was sitting on the table. And there it was displayed in your home. But the reality was that was as far as it went. You see, church, when your family assumes you have faith, that's not enough. Jesus wants to see our faith, and so does your family. Faith is absolute. Faith is in action. Today is a choice for all of us to say, will my faith be lived out in my home? You know, I knew I was going to be sharing this word with you this weekend, and I pulled my kids aside. Actually, I texted them, and I asked them recently, and I said, look, when it comes to the family values of the DeLonnes, what do you think were, were fundamental in my home, in our home? And to my surprise, they they shared literally three similar things. And I got to tell you, as they shared that, my my heart was touched by it, but, but here's the thing, I knew that I failed many times in those areas. As a matter of fact, my kids had to model this even more at times than I did. But here's what they said, and I want you to learn from this. And it's something they always would go back to, and that is, that: how do we apply the word in our home? God, how do we apply the word of God in our home? And there was three things that they shared. Write this down, number one, How do you act out here's here's how you do it it's called unconditional love and here's the question what does love look like in our home i'm just going to share some scriptures here first peter 4 8 it says above all love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse four through eight. What does love look like in our home? Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud. It does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. The Bible says that it keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in truth. Love always protects, love always trusts, Love always hopes. Love always preserves. Love never fails. Unconditional love. The second thing my kids talked a lot about was inexhaustible grace. If you're going to be at the law and you got to constantly have grace on one another because we're going to blow it, man. But what does grace look like in our home? Romans chapter 5, verse 20, it says, But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Some of y'all, you need a lot of grace in your home because there's been a lot of sin. But then there's grace. James chapter 4, verse 6, it says this. It says, but he, talking about God, he gives more grace, inexhaustible grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Grace in our home. And then lastly, the third thing that my kids share with me and this is something that my daughter really talked a lot about, and that is mutual respect. What does respect look like in our home? What does the Bible say in Philippians chapter 2, 3 and 4? It says, Do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And then again, he says, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others respect. James 1, 19, it says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger. Unconditional love, inexhaustible grace, and mutual respect. You know, I heard a story recently in the Civil War. There was an entire brigade of the Union Army that, that it ran out of ammunition Here they were right in the midst of the battle and it left these men afraid. They were tired and most of them, they wanted to give up. They wanted to surrender with nothing left, nothing for them to really think that, hey, we can conquer this. Then all of a sudden, their their general stood up and he says, you know what? We're still going to fight. We're still going to be on the offensive. He said this, as long as we have our bayonets, we will attack. And you can imagine what took place. Those men, and needless to say, that brigade went out and they won the battle. For some of you here today, when it comes to your family or your home, you may feel like that you have run out of ammunition. For some of you, you feel like you've exhausted all efforts. But here's what I want to tell you, man. There's always hope. Jesus always brings hope to any situation. Remember, Nehemiah reminded them, they're not alone. They're going to do it together, but also God's going to be right there by their side. How do you fight? What's available to us? It's the Word of God. The Word of God is greater than anything that we're facing today. And here's the promise. If you fight, God will fight for you. God wants victory in your home. In conclusion, Look, Nehemiah, they got victory. Nehemiah, they, they rebuilt the wall. And as they rebuilt the wall, here's the greatest thing that happened, man. They begin to have joy fill that place, man. Nehemiah chapter 12, verse 43. It says, also that day they offered great sacrifice and they rejoiced for God made them rejoice with great joy. The women, come on moms, the children, they also rejoice, so that the joy of Jerusalem was heard far off. Listen, church, from rubble to restoration, that's God's plan. God wants to, to rebuild your family this weekend. God wants to bring a renewed joy in your home. And it just starts again, like we said, with surrender. That's God's plan for you and your family. It's never too late for you to call on the name of the Lord. And when you do so, joy will fill your heart, but it'll also fill your home. Listen, there's no perfect homes out there, but we can all start today with a fresh start and just saying, God, will you come into my home? But it first starts again with asking God to come into your heart. So right there, maybe you're alone or maybe you're with your family, but I'm you just to bow your heads. And I just wanna pray over you as a family right now. God, I just give you thanks, Lord God, that truly you are a God of second and third chances. And God, your word says that when we call upon the name of the Lord, that truly we will be saved. So God, we turn to you, Lord God. We repent of our sins and our selfishness. And God, we ask right now, Lord, to to come into our hearts and also come into our families that we truly can be a family that seeks your face, that walks with love and grace, that truly we can respect one another. God, heal our home and continue to be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, look, we're gonna go to worship, and for some of you, this might have been a long time for you to worship God, but I'm gonna ask you right there in your home, if you're driving wherever you are, look, let's go in and let's, let's just thank God for all that he's doing as we worship the Lord.
0: What a powerful message by Pastor Darren today on fighting for the family. I don't know about you, but I learned a lot today. Well, listen, you might have made a decision to follow Christ today. We want to follow up with you and help you on that journey. Just text next to this number right here, and we'll contact you and help you as best that we can. So today, as we take our tithes and offerings, we just want to say thank you so much for your faithfulness and giving right here at New Life Church. You might be a part of one of our campuses here in Arkansas. Make sure that you click on that campus as you give today, or you can give right here on the digital campus and help us as we continue to reach people through the digital campus. Well, right now, I want to pray for another church and also pray a prayer of blessing over you today. So the church we're praying for today is called Collective Church. Pastor P.J. Nolan, he's right there in Bryan, Arkansas. So let's pray for him and let's also pray together as we leave today. So God, I thank you so much for Pastor PJ there at Collective Church in Bryan, Arkansas. I pray that you bless them today. God, bless their church as their heart as to reach more people in Celine County. And God, I also just pray a prayer blessing over everybody watching today. And God, I pray that you would encourage us as parents, God, as we talk about fighting for the family today and talk about the family this whole month, God, that we would grow in you like never before. So God, we thank you for what you're doing here at New Life Church. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Listen, I hope you have an amazing day. We can't wait to see you right back here next Sunday at 8 a.m.